right, here we go. Episode number two. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the We Are Actors podcast. My name is Mershad Tarabi, your host. And I am very, very excited for today's guest, one of the most sought-after acting teachers in New York City, Mr. Carl Bury. Uh, also an amazing actor himself. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Carl. <laughs> How do you like that? Was that great? Good introduction? That's pretty good. What's the music from? What is that? Oh, I have, it's actually just a default. It's a default sound <laughs> off of this machine. I haven't. Yeah, I have no idea what it's from. How are you, Carl? How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm hanging in there in these crazy times, you know. Yeah. How you guys? Uh, how you guys dealing with uh, with the whole uh, COVID? You guys staying inside? Are you in New York or are you somewhere else? We're in New York. We're on our roof, so we're we're lucky that we have a deck. So we go out on the deck every day, and you oh, know nice. we've been out on the probably about times in the last two and a half months oh so, wow yeah my deck's closed that, our roof is closed they shut it but this is right this is our bedroom so we're lucky that we got a pro- oh private. you have your own private little thing nice nice very nice awesome yeah that's great i've been stuck at home with de niro my pup which has been okay yeah. he's been keeping me busy yeah 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 that's good. That's Hello. good. So, how's uh, I just wanted to thank you for doing this. By the way, really, really appreciate it. Uh, I thought you'd be an excellent guest to have, um, seeing as though this is an acting podcast. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Well, let's uh, let's start from the beginning. Uh, where did you, uh, where did you grow up, Carl? And how did you how did you get into acting in the first place? Was it something you always wanted to do? Did you go to Did you go to like a, Did you go to film school or how did that work? I went to, uh, well, we'll work backwards. I went to a, uh, uh, a drama school. I got a master's of fine arts. Nice. But how I got there, I grew up on a farm in Ohio. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and I was going to be a farmer, and that changed. And then we used to go to the Stratford Festival in Canada mm-hmm. when I was, like, 20. And I remember seeing a production of Richard III, and the lights bumped out, and the music you know, and we're in dark and I was really uh, scared and inspired. And I thought and the light bumped up and I'm like, whatever that guy's doing right there, I want to do that. But I don't know how, because I live in a farm in Ohio. I don't know how you get to play Richard the third on a stage. So that's how that all started. And it's been a long journey to figure that out. Um, so you went back to Ohio and then what was the next step? So I used to do catalog modeling and commercials when I was young. Okay. And I had Chicago um, and I stood in line for an open call for a John Hughes movie. Um, I don't know if you know who John Hughes is. Mm-mm. Breakfast Club, uh, Pretty in Pink, oh, okay. um, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, movies from the 80s. You probably weren't born yet. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, I stood in line make a long story slightly longer I got uh, a featured extra role in the movie and it was one of uh, Alec Baldwin's first starring roles it's a movie called She's Having a Baby and they were bumping me up to have a scene with Kevin Bacon and I was like oh my god and everybody thought oh who's this extra that got bumped up and uh, you know as it happens in big movies the dates get pushed and pushed and pushed so my two-day role turned into about three months on the set. Now, I'm still in wow. college. Amazing. So I have 
my my parents don't know about any of this. So they know I'm in Chicago, but they don't know I'm missing college to be driving back and forth from Columbus, Ohio <laughs> to Chicago to do this movie. And it came to a point where it got to be pushed another week. And I had an economics exam that of a class that I've never been to. So they didn't know. So I went back to shoot the movie and they said, we're going to have to push for another two days. I said, I have to, I have to leave. Oh my God. And they're like, you know, you've worked a lot. So, you know, when you say to a second AD, I have to leave. They're like, no, you don't. You have a job. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, this has to be my last day. And if you push till tomorrow, I'm not going to be here. And he looked at me and he said, do you know how many people in LA would kill for the opportunity that you're being given right now? And I said, no, I, I, I don't know. I know I have to, I have to leave. Mm-hmm. So I left and they're like, <laughs> okay. They gave, they gave the few lines to another actor. Um, and I went back depressed and went back to Ohio state and I failed my economics exam of course. because I hadn't been to class right. and uh, changed my major to theater the next day. So, nice. so it, was, it was really a, a, a hail Mary. I had, I had no idea. Everybody thought I was crazy. They're like, you don't even know if you can act. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I, I think I can. Yeah. I think I don't know how, but I think it's going to work out. So you change your so you continue to do theater at the same college that you were at. You just changed your major. Is that what it was? And I just started poking my uh, head into uh, the theater department and signing up for to audition and knowing ab- absolutely nothing and being god awful. And um, we got in. They were doing a production of The Greeks, so they needed they needed manly soldiers. So they put me in everything. They put me in a in a tunic. So I'm running around with basically ha- almost naked. So um, they're like, okay. So I was like, this is, this is great. So I got to be in all the plays. I said nothing, but I got to stand on stage in all these Greek plays. Mm. So there was a friend of mine who is, his uncle had passed away. And he said, listen, I have to go to Indiana for my uncle's funeral. Can you stand in for me? And they okayed it with the director. So we have to come running down, charge in with our spears or whatever the hell we had. And we came down and they said, you just have to go and stand down right. Okay, okay, I got my spear and I hustled down and I stood down right. And uh, I forget, it was it was when Helen was seducing Menelaus, I think. Mm-hmm. And I did not know this play. I had never seen a run through of it. So all of a sudden, Helen of Troy just takes off all of her clothes and starts to seduce Menelaus. And I was like, this is amazing. This, this, is, a, this is acting? That's hilarious. That's cool. It, it, it was, yeah, you're going to cut all this. <laughs> no, that was great. So, so, okay, so you graduate, you graduate from there. And then what do you do? Do you, did you, you didn't move straight to New York, did you? No, no. Anyways, uh, I went from Ohio State and I knew I wasn't ready. So I got a bunch of leads. So fast forward through three years. Mm -hmm. I got a bunch of leads. I got to work with really fine, fine people, fantastic uh, directors, uh, outside directors. And I knew I wasn't ready or good enough to compete in L.A. or New York. So I thought, let me try to get into a, a, a top five MFA program, which I did. Um 
and that was in Seattle, uh, the University of Washington's professional actor training program. Mm-hmm. And that was top three at the time. It's not anymore, but it was at the time. And um, so I moved there. I spent three years there. And in my showcase, I got an agent. Uh, I got I got offers in both places, New York and L.A., and I chose to start in L.A. Mm. Why, why, uh, did you, why, why did you pick L.A. over New York? Just curious. Uh, I liked the agent that I got. Got it. Uh, primarily. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought I wanted to do theater at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got in L.A. and I thought, oh, you can make more money and the reality of making a living and having a family. And it made more sense to me at the time, TV and film. Um, so I went to Hollywood. I finished on May the 5th and I was in L.A. Uh, May the 7th. Huh. So three years in Seattle and then right to, New, uh, right to L.A. And, how, cause and I was how in L.A. for 10 years. Ten years. Oh, me too. I was actually in LA. Yeah. I was in LA eleven years. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you live in LA? I lived. I lived in Hollywood one year, and I hated it. And by the way, Kevin Hart lived in my building. This is before he became famous. Like wow. Be- before this was like two thousand and six or seven. Our parking spots where he had just done Soul Plane or whatever. I remember. And I was sharing this. I had no money. I was sharing a one bedroom with another actor. And we had like these Chinese dividers between us or whatever. It was terrible, but the building was nice. Um, but I would see Kevin Hart early in the morning. Like I had to get, I was selling insurance for my uncle at the time to make money. <laughs> so I'd wake up like at 6 a.m., drive from Hollywood to the Valley. So I would beat the traffic because I devout the traffic on the four or five and 101 was horrific. So I would wake up really, really early to beat it. And then sometimes in the morning I would see Kevin Hart. I was like, what's this guy doing up so early? Like he's a comedian, but I did, but he was always like always up early. It was really, really strange. I don't know where, where he was going or what he was doing, but this is ages ago before he, he, he blew up or whatever. But anyway, I lived in Hollywood for one year, hated it, couldn't stand it. And then I moved to Woodland Hills and I lived in Woodland Hills the rest of the time that I was there. 10 years I lived in Woodland Hills. What was your exit? What exit did you get off the 101? To go to Woodland Hills. Oh, I exited. Well, you could take either. You could take Canoga Park or you could take Topanga. Uh, those okay. two, yeah. But it was right, right, right. Those ones, yeah. Actually, I lived in Van Nuys one year too. Wow. I, lived, I lived in Van Nuys, and, I, and you know what's funny? This is a funny story. I went to get the apartment. It was uh, my first apartment without a roommate. I started to make a little money with the insurance stuff, and I was like, I got to move out. I, I can't. I loved my friends, but I couldn't live with anybody. And so I went and saw this apartment during the day. And it looked nice. And then I went in. When I moved in at nighttime, as soon as I drive, as soon as I drove out of the parking lot, there was 10 cop cars on the street. And they had, like, people at gunpoint or whatever. I was like, what the heck is going on here? And I found that I moved into, like, a heavily gang neighborhood in, in Van Nuys. <laughs> and I had already signed a one-year lease. <laughs> so I ended up staying there. But they were actually, su- the guys on the street were super nice to me because I lived in the area. So they didn't bother me. I'd come and they're like, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> so, Great. So, year, though. Wow, that- yeah, yeah. And then I moved to Woodland Hills. So I was there. Oh, cool. Great. Okay, so you were in L.A. and you worked a, you worked a bunch in L.A., right? I did. I did. Uh, eventually. It was it was lean and mean in the beginning. But but um, just to – so I got to L.A. And, and I knew my agent and I knew my brother's best friend. And that was it. Mm. So, you know, coming out of drama school, I didn't know anybody. I had no credits, really. Uh, nobody really seemed to be – interested in meeting me as a young actor 
And so I immediately did that, uh, uh, got bored and depressed thing that actors do. Mm -hmm. And I went to my agent and I said, I'm really bored and depressed and, uh, I need to be in an acting class. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you have any recommendations? He said, let me call my client at the time was Jason Alexander. And he called Jason Alexander and he said, you know, I have a young client here who's looking for an acting class. Who should he go to? Who do you recommend? And he said, there's only one teacher in LA that he should go to. And that's Larry Moss. Mm. Oh, that's how you met Larry. That's really cool. And I couldn't get in, but I happened to be in a play at the Odyssey theater uh, in West LA. And uh, I was talking about this acting class that I'm supposed to get into, but I can't even get a meeting. And one of the older company members said, Hey, you know, I'm in that class. Come with me on Monday night. I'll introduce you to Larry. So it kind of got ahead of all the, 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 um, wrist wrap. I got through, you know, the, the, the gatekeepers, shall we say. Yeah. And, uh, he said, I'd love to work with you. So I started, uh, that night. Nice. What year was that that you started with, with Larry? Uh, 1872. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not that old, Carl. I, I was in, uh, 1995. Oh, okay. 95. Cool. 14. So it was. It's been a. It's been a long time. I'm kidding, Richard. I was just. Uh, I was just coming. I just moved to Vancouver in '95. In '95, really? Yeah, I just moved to Vancouver. Oh uh, yeah. So so working with Larry, and then so you you started working with Larry in LA. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. and it was so uh, so you were at what point because you were always an actor. At what point did you ever decide? You know, did you start teaching just to make extra cash on the side? How did that? How did that start happening? So, you know, 10 years in LA, working, working, working. Uh, and then I thought, you know, I might be done acting. It's a longer story. Um, but I thought, well, you know, before I quit acting, I better try New York because mm. real actors are from New York or they act in New York. And I've never had that New York experience because I went to LA. So I came here and, you know, got lucky in that I had a bi-coastal agency that was pretty good and uh i got meetings with the people that i needed to see here in new york so i got the ball rolling and you know i got an episode of the sopranos and got on a series and got to understudy ray liotta on broadway um all in about two and a half years so i thought oh this maybe this new york thing's going to be okay right so i was helping a, a fellow understudy get ready to go on she went on quite often in the play and um, it's kind of a, a, a great story in that she got the call at four o'clock to go on that night. And she this said, was the I'm first time, out. the first time she had to go up. Oh, wow. She, she was at the hairdressers. They're like, listen, the actress called out. Now this is a three hander. So it was the actress. It was Ray Liotta and Frank Langella. Mm. So there was a three person cast. So she was like, Oh my God, I'm going on. I said, don't worry, I'll meet you at the theater. We'll run lines. We had been really diligent. We were really prepared to go on. Mm-hmm. But still, there's being prepared to go on and going on. Right. So I said, I'll meet you at the theater. She was already on stage with Ray and Frank and walking through the park and doing great. So we ran lines until half hour. She went on. She did the first act. I ran up uh, at intermission. We worked on the second act. She did great. 
uh, it was the first time the show got a standing ovation because we were in the first week of previews. Wow. Frank made everybody sit back down and said, I just want to let you know that this young lady just made her Broadway debut with three hours notice. So all 1,100 people or whatever stood right back up and gave her a standing ovation. She said it to the The crowd? The producers came out, gave her the biggest bouquet of flowers I had ever seen. And she's crying. I'm standing in the orchestra, standing up and crying and like a proud parent. And, and, um, I went backstage and, and she said, you know, I teach an acting class. Uh, and I want to, I want you to come in and teach with me because I like the way you talk about acting and I think you can help these actors. So I co-taught with her. What was, um, who, who is she by the way? Her name's Alexandra Neal. Alexandra Neal. Terrific actress and a terrific human being. She she uh, allowed me to co-teach with her for about, I don't know, a year or two. And she got, uh, and I didn't, it wasn't a money thing, you know, mm-hmm. to your question. You know, I, I loved it. I, and I still love it, mm-hmm. you know, because um, it gives you another perspective of, of, of the craft. Another, you know, yeah. um, Another, just another perspective anyway. So I taught with her and she got another Broadway show. Um, and I started to take over while she was away. Uh, okay. And then I decided in, a, in 2008 to go out on my own. Ah, I see. So, yeah. And I, you know, I was still working and I did brotherhood and, um, I was still doing series work and, hmm. and starting my class. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, we we met at we met at Larry's class, right? Right. That's how we met for yeah. the first time, I think. What year that was? Yeah, it was 2016. I just moved really? here. Yeah, I just moved here in, uh, from LA, and um, it was the fall because I had just moved into my apartment, and then I got the email, and I was I quickly I was like, oh yeah yeah, I might as well just do it because I I just got here now I. Uh, I had just moved here, and I was like, "Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll take the class." So I signed up, and I came in, and I remember having just the worst week, like one of the worst weeks um, I'd ever had in Larry's. First of all, I was moving, but I, I, I still prepared. You know, it's just at the time, I honestly, I just didn't think I was. I don't think I was very good. I was just like I, uh, you know, I was. I had a couple of years of training in, but it wasn't that. You know, I wasn't. Uh, and I had a hard piece. I, th- I was doing uh, my zinc bed. Oh my gosh! And I was like, I, I was this British, uh, you know, this British journalist, and all this sort of. And he was, uh, you know, an, uh, 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 a former alcoholic, like an alcoholic, and, and recovering, and all this kind of stuff. It was just so much, so much work, and we got our ass handed to us. Um, but I remember like leaving and 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 asking people. I was like, guys, uh, you know, somebody kept saying, "There's this acting teacher. There's this acting teacher." Like just inside class, inside Larry's class, I was saying, "Yep," because I was like, "I just moved here. Is there a regular class I can get into?" And they're like, "Yeah, there's a guy. He's here. He's in this class." You know. Um, and then as I was leaving, you arrived late. I remember still you and your partner Maureen. Right? Was her name Maureen? So I was. Good memory. I was leaving class and you walked, you had just come off the elevator and then they had just shut off the, they just shut the door so you couldn't go in. Right. And the scene had already started. So they just closed the door. So we were standing outside and talking, but I didn't know that you were the guy everybody was talking about. I went to go eat. I was like, uh, I'm going to go eat. <laughs> I was all depressed, I think, from how my scene went or whatever. So 
I left, and then later on, I found out that it was you. And then I, I think I remember, I think I remember hounding you to get into class. I think I emailed you like twenty times or something like that. I don't even remember. Really? It worked. Yeah, I think I think it was. Uh, I think it was quite a few times, but I'm happy I did because we ended up getting in class and everything. But, um, I was. Let's go. The Frank Langella. Did you did you work with Frank Langella more than once? Because you weren't you weren't you in a movie with him as well? I did a movie called Starting Out in the Evening. Uh, that um, it was a very low budgeted movie with a great New York cast and it went to Sundance. So that movie went into Sundance and then I did a, another movie called Sugar and we shot in the Dominican Republic and that went into Sundance the following year. So I'm like, this is great too, you know? Yeah. But, but Frank was the lead in this movie. It's a very sweet movie. And, uh, and he's, he's just terrific and he's hilarious and, and brilliant. And he gave me a lot of very, very, uh, sage advice oh and we had a, had a lot of laughs would you care we to would you care to share some of that advice what's what's no, something I that love, he said to you that we can i don't know that we could like a nice tidbit one of my favorite one of my favorite things that he said is that um when he whenever we would start a rehearsal he would say okay let's take 10 minutes and shoot the shit and i thought every time i start a rehearsal with my scene partner I'm going to say that because it just let's just shoot the shit for 10 minutes. I like the fact that he wanted to shoot the shit and he put a time element on it. Mm. So we'll shoot it for 10 minutes and then we're going to go to work. Cause how many rehearsals do you go to with, you know, whether it's in class or, and you just, it just devolves into a coffee and you shoot the shit for an hour. Right. Or right, right, right. Hired after talking to really rehearse. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't think so. And how would shoot the shit go? So you're sitting down with Frank Langella. What does he say? Well, we would just talk about the day or we talk about the rehearsal. Another thing that was very helpful uh, for me as an understudy is that he would come up to me before the show because I, I was still having to watch every show for the blocking. And it was an original uh, piece. So they were doing rewrites in the daytime. So they had they were trying new pages at night in previews. So... Um, he would say, I'm going to work on three things tonight. And after the show, I want you to come back and I want you to tell me what those three things and I want to talk about them. Huh. So, so it was like a test. So it really kind of made me have to kind of sharpen my eye to um, yeah, look to see what he's doing and see if I could put some words. Uh, and that's, that's just the love of the game. I mean, that's really good yeah. about teaching. And like, I just loved I just love the game. I love, I love the craft of acting. Yeah. Um, and it, it allowed me, uh, to your earlier point, it allowed me to stay at it when, uh, it was tough. Yeah. You know, did Ray, did you ever get on stage? Did Ray, Ray Liotta ever get sick or anything? Uh, uh, no, uh, it was uh, pretty, he heard that I was good in rehearsals and I think that kind of, <laughs> he's that, like, I'm not letting this guy on stage. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting element. I never thought about it that way. I, like, I never thought from that perspective, like, the, the main guy would be like, well, if I let this guy on stage, he might, you know, overshadow me or something. Well, it's also, I, I don't know how much, you know, I did hear that from, you know, fairly reliable sources. And, that, and you know, it's human nature, but mm -hmm. it's also his part. You know what I mean? Right, he right, doesn't, right. Owe, right. doesn't owe me. Um, sure, it would have been nice to go on, but, you know, it's his gig. And, and um, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just great. nice to be along for the ride. I would, I would say, I would think, you know, well, I learned a lot because, uh, uh, I didn't sit back and, you know, I didn't really realize the whole caste system in terms of, you know, understudies and what they're thought of, you know, how I thought they would be treated, especially in a smaller company. Um, let's shall we say with more respect mm. uh, they kind of like don't it's kind of they 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 don't want to know that you're there until they really need you. <laughs> okay and i was like oh okay this is a thing i thought so it was kind of a there was a uh hierarchy shall we say yeah yeah that makes sense uh, yeah 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 so no i learned a ton i learned a ton of what not to do what to do but i really uh knew that if I didn't get comfortable around Frank early on, that if for whatever reason, if I went on and I was not prepared or I got starstruck or overwhelmed or I wasn't, whatever, Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that I had as much rehearsal as I could get because we didn't really get to rehearse with Frank uh, along the way. But he did say towards the end of the run, he goes, I'll come in on one Friday and I'll run the show with you guys. Oh, wow. So he, so he really was very, very generous mm-hmm. uh, with that. And he was always another couple of good pieces of advice that I hold dear to me um, is that he always loved to say, uh, never give up, never give in, never give up, never give in. Cause you're going to have times where it's rough. Just remember that phrase, never give up, never give in. Mm-hmm. And he and he always liked to use this the term about uh, playing cards. He said, you know, you're going to get shitty cards dealt to you as an actor, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning. He said, sometimes you, you only get twos. It only feels you get the lowest card in your hand. He goes, play those twos for all they're worth. Mm. You know, yeah. what you said in your, in your intro on in your podcast about, you know, just hanging in there. And that's, that's what, yeah. that's what really separates the, the ones that really do well and continue on. And the ones that don't, they just hang in there and just put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Um, did you, uh, well, b- working on so much on film and TV and also being in play situations, did you find the approach any different, like to, to the work? Like, did you, is, is, did you rehearse differently? Did you get off book differently? Like how, how do you approach both of those things? I mean, obviously with TV and film, it's, it's there's a few other considerations. You don't have to, you want to be as still and as focused as possible. And you want to size your performance down to the camera and the microphone. Um, and, you know, from Larry talking so much about it is, uh, you just adjust, but you can adjust down. It's hard to adjust up. So if you have a TV film actor, that's not used to using their body and their voice and they're inflexible, they're in trouble. Right. So, I mean, I think, once you're able to do uh, theater, I think you can kind of size it down. And I know that's not popular among the TV and film uh, teacher world, but that's what I believe. Do you believe you need the different type? Do you think, so this is a, this is something that I've even wondered myself, even though I've been training for so long. Do you think the, the training we get in scene study class when we're working on plays do you think it translates to film and TV? It can. It, it can. Because I sometimes I, I find it hard. You know, I feel like I've been training with for, for you know in 
the theater training so much. Sometimes I'll get a, a like a ad copy, and I feel like I just go totally, totally in the wrong direction. You know what I mean? And it's just because I'm, I'm the way that I don't know, just just the way that uh, my approach is. I mean, now I'm much better at it. This was this was before. I obviously I understand um, I understand how to make the adjustments now. And um, right. you know, I obviously I watch the shows now to see exactly what the shows are like and and the style uh, of the show, you see the style of the show, you know. Um, and when I say it can help you, you know, working on a Steve Zalian script or an Eric Roth script or a Frank Darabont script is very different than working on a Aaron Spelling script. Hmm. So it's they're just different tools in the toolbox as opposed to, the, you know, I'm going to use this hammer for every, you know. Uh, piece that I work on. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have different skill sets that are going to be necessary, mm -hmm. um, but still acting. So it's, it's acting enough to go, Oh, what I do for Clifford Odette is different than what I need to do for Aaron Sorkin, or maybe not, maybe not. Mm -hmm. No. So it's, it's, that's why we have to act all the time with as many different writers, uh, types of writers um, to figure that out. Because yeah. ultimately, we're the ones that are going to have to figure it out. Yeah. You can go to acting class, be a class actor your whole life, and still not find that bridge into taking that skill set and applying it into the real world, which is anybody that I work with as a teacher, that's all I want to do. I mean... I, I think that's such a that's a very very interesting that you just thing that you just said because I think about that all the time. You see actors in class sometimes that are brilliant, like you yeah. see their work and you're like, "Holy cow! How is that person not?" But for some reason, they can't translate it. They just can't do it. Um, it's it, it's crazy to see. And then you see you'll see somebody in class where you're like, "Oh yeah, they're good. They're all right," or whatever it is, you know, uh, you know. And then you'll see them on a show or you'll see them in a movie and you're like, "Whoa." That was really, really amazing. It's just such a, I don't know, weird dichotomy, I guess. Right. It doesn't make sense. It's not a meritocracy. Yeah. And, you know, it's what I, what I think, not a lot of things, but one of, one of which is class is to uh, figure out where you're weak. Right. I'm just not very good. Or, yeah. or, I, or I am pretty good at this and I could be that much better. Yeah. It's kind of like being a student of your own game and kind of self-scouting and understanding where you're good. But most importantly for my taste, where you're weak. Yeah. And then this is the big one. Decide if you want to fix it. That's Some actors love, they love their problem. They love them. Yeah. And they'll just go to class and try to do the same hamster wheel acting over and over and over mm -hmm. rather than going, you know, take the advice, mm -hmm. take the note, and just be okay if you're like, I don't want to get better at this. I'm like, that's okay. Yeah. There's other classes that'll take your money and they'll just say, that's okay. Good job. Good scene. And that's not because I'm, I have too much respect for it and I'm still acting. Yeah. Not going to fly. Yeah. I agree. Whenever I would take class with Larry, he would suggest certain things for me and then I would just go in the completely opposite direction. He would suggest like Middle Eastern. He would like, I remember one time he gave me a list and it was like um, Bengal Tiger, Baghdad Zoo, The Invisible Hand. I think, uh, 
Yeah, and then I think uh, guards at the Taj or so. I forget. There was a, there was there was a few different there was a few different plays, and then I I emailed him and I said, "Can I do the Lonesome West?" <laughs> and he was like, "Sure," and it was like completely in the opposite because I you know I I had worked on on Bengal Tiger. Um, you know, I I just knew it was in my wheelhouse. Um, I think I did it in your class. I think it might have been one mm-hmm. of the first scenes in the, that I did the, in the when I when I came to the Sunday class or whatever. I just had it in my and I, it's not that I couldn't have worked on it to make it better, you know. But I just knew that I was weaker in other places, and I wanted to take the time with Larry to work the hell out of those instead of coming to class and put up a a good scene. And everyone's like, "Oh my God, he was so good." There's time for that other places. I feel like I just don't want to waste my money um, and and just to be patted on the back. For, for, for right. a few days, I want to I want to give somebody my money, and if I'm going to work with an incredible teacher, I want to I want to get, you know, I want to grow. You know, right. it's really just about growing. You know, and if yeah. if I have to go through hell, which I have a million times, <laughs> even with you, you've seen all of the the struggles I've had in class and with Larry and everything. But um, at least I know when I leave that class, I can feel the growth. I don't know how right. to explain it, but you leave there and you're like. You just know you're a 10 times better actor than you were the week prior. You just can feel it because it's just like, I don't know, it's almost like the experience kind of just goes inside you and you just know you're like the next time I have to approach something like this, I'm 10 steps ahead of where I, I might not be. I might not be amazing, but I know that I'm 10 steps better than I was last time. And that's good enough because then I can, because 10 steps now, 10 steps later, 10 steps later, Two, three years from there, you're 50, 60 steps ahead of the game. And you're just like, oh, man, now I just now you can play a bit. You can start to play, you know, instead of worrying about the little details that you didn't know when you first started or whatever it was. So I well, think- you always have a great sense, Mershad, of, of knowing what kind of an actor that you want to be. And that's when, when I when I talk to an actor or, or, or you know, a, a student or whatever is what kind of an actor do you want to be? And, and, you know, if somebody says, I want to be a series regular on the next, uh, you know, whatever, Steven Soderbergh, great. That's fantastic. Well, that's a terrible example because I think any good actor would want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, just say a regular industrial strength television show. I want to do the 23 episodes or the 22 episodes, and I don't care how good the writing is. I just want a job. I want to, I want to, and, and I don't care about theater. I don't want to do Mark McDonough. I don't. I don't want to do the new Connor McPherson or, or you. You pick your current writer, Stephen Belber, your current writer. Um, I want to, and and that's fine. What kind of an actor do you want to be? It's one of the most important questions. Mm-hmm. But if you're afflicted, is what I would say. If you're afflicted and you're like, but I want to do. I want to work on plays. Right. It's like okay. Well, you're you're really barking up a big tree. Yeah. So get a class and and get your get your get your work boots on because you're gonna. It's, it's gonna a, lot, a lot, lot of work. work. It's a lot of work. It's it's um you know payoff. No guarantee of a payoff. Yeah. So the other, if you go, I don't want to do any of that. I want to get on TV. I want to get my recurring role or my series regular, and I want my house. And I and I don't want to think about studying acting ever again, or. I'm just going to play a variation of myself and that's what I want to do. No shame, no shame. Mm-hmm. I got no judgment on that. It's just knowing what kind of an actor you are. Yeah. I don't know, I've always just wanted to be able to widen just I just wanted to be able to widen what I just uh, 
grow in ways of playing different parts that I wouldn't normally even be thought for. But you might and, though, and that's what that's what yeah, you're hopefully, saying. I mean, that's that's the goal. That's the goal for but, eventually for, for for that to happen. But yeah, I mean, it's but it is I hard. At least in God, I don't want to. I don't want to be. Yeah, I can do it. I'll do it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to. I want to be from Belfast. I want to. Right. It's. Uh, mm-hmm. It's challenging. Yeah, it is. It's challenging. Yeah, it really is. Well, I'm happy we're talking about this because there's actually a question that was sent in that I wanted to ask you. I think we kind of answered it, but not really. Um, so we got an email question that said, "Let's say I've already gotten the part and they have sent me the script." Where do I start? <laughs> it's an interesting question. I mean, I know it's a long-winded question, but it's, it, it is kind of interesting. Um, where do they start? Like, um, what do you do, Carl? Well, when you, well, let's say you, 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 you've gotten the part, they send you the, the sides. Yeah. So you what? get the job after, when you get done with your panic attack or before? <laughs> right after you have your panic attack. You're just so sitting. You you're the, sitting down with the script. Do you, do you take a pen and take notes? Do you take a sharpie? Like, what, what exactly do you do? Well, I think I take about three or four big deep breaths mm-hmm. and just watch how fast I want to get right to a result. And for me, I have to figure out how I can slow down and just go kind of on a fact finding mission and slowly write down. Mission. I like that. I'm gonna write that down. So the whole thing is a fact finding mission, and I ask a whole bunch of questions. Um, and you know these from working with Larry. Where am I? What do I want? What am I doing? What's in my way? Um, is it inside or outside? Just basic, fundamental relationship to persons, places, objects, and events. Mm-hmm. That's where I start those questions. And I don't, and I watch how, I don't worry about how it's going. You know, you've heard me say it. Yeah. Right? It's, what before the how, right. what's happening, what am I doing, what's in my way, not how am I going to do it, how am I going to say this line. So I find if I can immerse myself in those given circumstances, in, those, in the story, the lines come faster, um, I'm more relaxed, mm-hmm. I can get lost in, in my work, Yeah. right? Yeah. But without that, the anxiety, if I'm anxious, it just means I'm not asking enough of the foundational questions or I'm too worried about the future. I see. Like, how am I going to do this tomorrow? Like, I don't know. I'm right here at the table. I just got the material. Don't worry about that. Yeah. I mean, you're going to, it's it's your boxer. It's the Mike Tyson quote. Everybody's got a game plan until they get punched in the face. Mm -hmm. And there's one thing you can get, you can count on. Shit is going to go wrong. You're going to get metaphorically punched in the face. Yeah. That's when comes in. Because yeah. I think by and large, acting, if you're talented, like you are, is common sense. But what goes out the window is that common sense when the camera rolls or the curtain goes up. Nice. So that's why we practice and practice and practice. Nice. Repetitive. Fact-finding mission. I think I'm gonna name the I'm gonna name the episode that I really like that. Awesome, awesome, Carl. Carl, I have a few questions that I ask everybody. What do you got? They're just really fun. Just some fun questions. I always I always think I feel like I can you can learn a lot from from people when you ask them these questions about like just about uh, the business. 
Like, uh, who is your favorite actor? Mine? Mm -hmm. Right now? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, you know, <laughs> at, at the present moment, Jesse Plemons. Who? Exactly. Look him up. Jesse Plemons? Yep. Okay. Who is he? A lot. Uh, yeah. Look him up. What has he done? I know that. Oh, he's done a lot of things. I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm okay. going to let you be on that well, fact finding. <laughs> on a mission to figure out who Jesse, sorry, Jesse, if you uh, somehow watch this. <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've never heard of him, but I will definitely check him out. Now, I mean, now I'm actually intrigued because now I can go and watch a bunch of stuff. Yeah, you should know him. He's, yeah. he's going to be, you've seen him a bunch. You just don't know who it is. I'll probably have he's him. Yeah. Is he a state but guy or a film? Only, I, uh, I've seen him basically just on TV and film, oh, okay. but, but high end film. Oh, nice. And um, he's, a, he's the real deal. Nice. And he's a, he's a young guy. I mean, I, so that's off the beaten path. Nice. Right? Yeah, but yeah. truly, you asking me this question right now. He's very much on my mind because I'm like, that guy is fantastic. Nice. Jesse Plemons, everybody. Okay, cool. All right. Number two. Ready? What is your yeah, favorite movie of all time? Uh, the Shawshank Redemption uh, and It's a Wonderful Life. It's a two it's a two parter. It's a wonderful it's, life. Those are right up there. It's a wonderful life and the Shawshank Redemption. I've seen I used to play um I played hockey once with Tim Robbins. Did you really? Yeah, he played. He used to play. He used to come play hockey in Vancouver at a place called Eight Rinks, where me there was it's open, open, uh, open rink. Anybody can come and play. And we would play, and I would play. I was I'm a terrible hockey player, like the worst. But my friends needed somebody to play goalie, and so like they, they would just bring me, put a bunch of equipment on me, and I couldn't skate for shit. And they would literally put me in the goal, and I would just like come fumble around, and somehow maybe luckily save a uh, save a save a goal or whatever. But Tim Robbins would come in, and he would play. And as he would play, people would yell, "Let's go, Shawshank! Let's go!" And they would like yell at him. <laughs> oh, he was a great sport. He loved it. And every time he would score, they would like they would slap the the, the sticks and, and call him Shawshank or whatever. It was really really funny. Pretty good. Yeah. Was he good hockey player? He's got. Yeah, he's pretty good actually. Yeah, he play, he he would come and play a lot. All right, Tim Robbins. Um, first movie. Oh, what was? Do you remember the first movie you ever saw and where you were at the time? The first movie I ever saw. Where was I? I think I was in. Um, uh, we had a small cabin in northern Michigan on Torch Lake, and I think it was. I think it was Hervey. No, Herbie. Herbie and the Love Bug. Harvey and the Love Bug. Okay. Herbie. Herbie and the Love Bug. Didn't they, is that like the that. one where they did a remake with uh, with Lindsay Lohan? I have I think so. Actually. I think didn't they do something like a Herbie movie? I don't know, like an animated car. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Back in the you know with the the back in the eighties. <laughs> 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 Cool, Herbie and the Love Bug. Okay, next question. Let's see. Sad right there, isn't it? Traverse City, Michigan is where I was. Traverse City, Michigan. I don't. I don't know where that is. I know Northern Michigan. Northern Michigan. Um, oh, this is a cool question. Actually, I don't know this about you. If you weren't act, well, actually, okay. If you weren't acting, what would you be doing? Let's say other than teaching acting. Because right know. now, yeah, if I wasn't an. 
Yeah. I'd probably be a farmer. Nice. You know, I want to be a farmer. I've told you I want to be a shepherd. I told you this <laughs> multiple times. Dude, that's just your joke. That's no, your standard I, I, joke. I want, I want to have a ranch one day with animals on it. Yeah. yeah. I think it'd be. I grew up. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. In Iran, I spent a lot of time in the village with my where my parents grew up around a lot of animals. It was awesome. Beautiful, isn't it? So it's peaceful. Nice. Peaceful. Yeah. You know, even you know, even cleaning up cow crap can be nice and therapeutic sometimes out there by yourself. I, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> All righty. Um, last question. Oh, this is a good one. I like this one. Okay. If you could pick the best situation that you could be in, like, um, career-wise, right? Let's say somebody came to you, gave you, like, 30 million bucks and said, you can pick, you can do a play or you can do a film, whatever you want to do, and you could pick the cast. And I could pick the cast? You could pick the cast. What would be your like idea? Who would like, I- your, like your, yeah, like, who would you want to work with? Who would you, like, who would you cast? And what, like, would it be a film? Would it be a play? What would be like your dream scenario if you had control over it? Wow, that's 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 big. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd love to I'd love to work with Frank again, Frank Langella, and um, and Jim Carrey, and they're working together on a series right now. Uh, they I are. Remember that? Yeah, they're together right now. Is it for so, Netflix or something? I I want to say. Showtime, um, yeah. So it would be with those two. Well, let's get you I on that show. <laughs> right, exactly. It would be. It, I don't know. Thirty million dollars. I don't. That wouldn't leave any money for Frank. That's so true. So we we have to. Find. I guess I, I I underestimated the budget there. It's <laughs> like an eighties budget. Uh, I think I'm be uh, giving away my work, uh, um, but that's. Those two are—they're just hilarious and work really hard and beyond world-class performance. So that would be—that would be great to have the both of them there. Um, I say that now from the safety of my apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hopefully you get on the show. Do you know if it's coming? Is it—is it coming out soon? Or are they shooting it right now? It's out. I think they're in their second or third season. Uh, I have to look it up. It's just—but—but but I hadn't thought about it until you just asked me that question. Mm. Um, or, or and. Um, Mark Rylance. Let's put let's put Rylance in there too. Yeah. So if Mark Mark can have, uh, I don't know. We're going to have to up the budget, Michelle. <laughs> I know that's, the budget that's too low. The budget is too low. Zero. Yeah. Add a zero. Thirty million. Yeah, yeah. Rylance is awesome. How about what would you do? Thirty million dollars. Who would you want to work? I think I, when I was I was doing the, during the last podcast, I was talking to my friend Franco, and I think I said I would I would I would definitely do a play if I was able to do. Yeah, yeah. If I was if I was able to get the people that I wanted, I would definitely do a play. That's interesting. What yeah. what play do you, think you want to do? do I have, have you I figured? Have, I have no idea, but I mean, I definitely want to get do like be on stage with like Meryl Streep. Um, you know, Hoffman is gone, but I would have loved to have Hoffman on there. Like, I don't know, just just go and get like, I don't know. Well, Dustin's still around. Dustin's still Phil's gone, but Dustin's still around. That's true. Dustin. <laughs> Do you want? Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know. But I, I think it would definitely be a play. Wouldn't okay. it be nice to do a play with Meryl Streep? I mean, holy crap! I would do. I would love to have coffee with Meryl. Streep. I know. I know. I mean, uh, 
can't go wrong. Um, <laughs> but a play, you could easily have said a movie. That's interesting that you said a, a play with Marilyn. You know, honestly, as, 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 I, as, as time goes on, I'm, I feel like I just, I almost like uh, would rather just exclusively do plays as an actor, to be quite honest with you. I've been getting Me this. Too. I've just been. I've just been getting this feeling lately. It's just been when you, you you know when these sides come in for these TV shows, like I I just want to blow my brains out. Like I look at them and I'm just like, okay, here we go. Just turn turn the camera on. That's that's you know it's almost like, but when I read a play, I'm just like mesmerized. I'm just so so taken by everything like every I, I i like if i miss when i'm reading a play if i'm if my mind goes somewhere else and i miss a line i go back i'm like i don't even want to miss that line because i know it's probably going to be important you know or it might be important to some some other part in the play like i just want to like uh, i just uh, and then and then so i just i did italian american in october before everything shut down and I got to tell you, it was the the most exhilarating, but also the most frightening thing that I've ever done in my entire life. I remember the day that we were, the first preview we had, I was hiding up in the sound booth because that's where I had to start. Everybody else was, everybody else got to be backstage and they were all prepping, but I had to go and hide in a tiny little sound booth up at the top of the, where, where this, where the, where the uh, seats were. Because there was nowhere else that I could enter to come through the audience. Because Aldo comes out and he does this whole speech to the audience and he engages the audience. So I had to go and I'm kneeling down like this because if I, if I go above too much, people can see me coming up the stairs and filling the audience up. So I'm literally kneeling backstage like this. The stage manager is right beside me. I'm right. making sure. I'm like, okay, do I have my quarter? Okay, I got to give a quarter to somebody. Where's my rose? Get my rose. I'm putting the rose over here. I'm doing all this. I'm kneeling down in a suit. I'm trying to breathe. I'm trying to relax. And you can hear chatter. Everybody in the audience is just chit-chatting, sitting. Oh, I wonder what's this happening. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And then you can hear it. And now I'm slowly looking over the, the, the booth because I have to pick out people in the audience that I'm going to engage and I have to do it in that moment because I don't know who's going to come and where they're sitting. We don't plan that out. So now I'm looking for a couple. Hopefully there's a couple seated by the aisle so I don't have to walk into an aisle. And luckily, yeah. every single night there was. Like luckily for me, there was a couple sitting in the aisle every single night. And there was some somebody. And then some nights, like my friends would call, uh, like, would be like, hey, uh, somebody in the cast would call and say, hey, my dad's coming to the show tonight. Get on him about his shirt. You know, there's a, there's a part where it's like, you know, where you... I only wear, you know, uh, polyester and whatever the, the line that Aldo has. And so I would, I would go up to people's dads or people in the cast's friends or, or whatever it was. If their boyfriend was in the audience, I would go up to them and, and, uh, and bug them those nights. But yeah, I had to do all of that and it was frightening every night. But after the second or third or fourth time, it just became something I was looking forward to every night. And then just the feeling of getting up every day and getting on the train and going to a theater and then doing a show. And then you leave the show, and you go and you hang out with people after the show, and they're like, dude, you just did this show. How does it, like, they were, like, I never thought of it that way, but people were like, did you realize that just, like, an hour ago you were on a stage just doing this big thing? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I get, I'm, I'm, ha I'm not having a beer now or whatever, and we don't really think about that as actors, but people come, they see your show, and they're like, whoa, look at this show, and then we just go out after, and we're, like, having a beer, and then we just go back and do it all the next day. You know, it's, it's, 
I don't know. There's something about that that's real. Well, you're talking about being a real actor, and that's that's fantastic, and that's that's absolutely right, and that's what got me into it. That's what turns you on to it, um, uh, and keeps us at it. I mean, it's 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 going after that next uh, that next part to work on, and that's that's what. And what do you what do you do when that's not happening? You go to a, you go to a good class, and you get a group together. You yeah. replays. Yeah. You act. It's you know some of the best work that I've ever done. You've heard this old joke that I've done it in front of tens of people. Yeah, there's other stuff, <laughs> there's stuff that have been out into the world for you know decades, but you know I still think of the work that I've done in, in Larry's class in Santa Monica back in the day. It's still some of the best work that I've ever done, mm-hmm. and it was live, and it's gone. Yeah, it's good. It was, we're in that whoever was in that room, and that's the beauty of of, and that's real acting to me. That's yeah. uh, that that's acting at its purest sense, and I think real actors totally are moved by what you just said because it's it's why we do this. I totally you know. Agree. Yeah, it's because we're, nobody can yell cut. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. and you're and you're that close to people. You know, it's 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 so cool just being that close to an audience because I was like right in the audience and then right at the end again right up close to the audience and you can see people's expressions on their face like right up close and that was also something that just felt you know really really cool but yeah I'd like to experience that again oh and with that hopefully we get to get back to normal soon it's been I don't even know how long what is it two three months how long has it been I think it was uh, March 14th was the last time I was in the in a rehearsal studio. March 14th. Wow. Saturday was the 14th. Two, I hope it comes months. back. Hopefully everything comes back. Hopefully the theater comes back. We can get back and going and uh, and watching shows again and auditioning again and being in class again. Because I do miss all of those things. Big time. Thank you. Too, my friend. Yeah. Well, thank Thanks. you so much, Carl. Thank you for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. It was so much fun and good seeing you. And um, hopefully, I will, um, I will see you soon. I love it. Cool. Thank you so much, Carl.